It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. out the tissues for this one are we talking about the most emotional reunion the broncos have ever had by facing von miller this weekend we're gonna talk about it and got just the perfect crew to break it down with i've taught or i have von miller's former teammate super bowl winning teammates together todd davis rolling with us and we've got james palmer who's covered von miller his entire career and of course yours truly to break this down and before we get into von miller yeah let's talk about the news of the day the broncos they're just dishing out millions hundred millions of dollars over this past year since the walton penner ownership group took over this team just over a year ago and this morning we found out that a new headquarters is on its way new training facility new headquarters but it's not moving no it's not moving. That was, so the debate that I was told was, obviously, they were looking at every possible scenario. They were looking at other locations. They were looking at moving the facility in its entirety. But to my understanding, it was, you own this land already. Mm-hmm. That's a big, big play in deciding what you want to do with your facility. When you already own the land, you don't need to pay a lease to somebody in terms of where you want to build. And, I mean, look, the man lives, maybe not here all the time, but... He knows the Penners. Stan Kroenke is a real estate genius. Yeah. He owns all the land across the street from my house. Like, all of it. <laughs> some of it's developed, some of it's not. Like, you don't want to pay to people like that. They yeah. have the ability to already develop what they have in place, and they wanted to make sure they had enough space to do what they wanted to do. This looks awesome, I'm not yeah, going to lie. Yeah, this yeah, looks tired. Are you jealous of this? Yes, I am. <laughs> I'm always mad. I felt like it was like, I remember in the sixth grade, I went from uh, elementary to middle school, but the, but the uh, elementary school is right next door. And for some reason, when I left, they built this, like, awesome play structure. <laughs> and I was so mad you go that again. I couldn't play. And this is what it feels like. <laughs> new like play I'm structure. Gone, new play structure. Everybody gets to enjoy it. But I'm on the outside looking in, man. It looks, it looks really nice. The cool thing that they did do is this offseason, 
um, Greg and Carrie Penner went and looked at a bunch of different facilities around the league. Like they bounced around, talked to other owners, talked to other people in facilities, and were kind of just like, just really trying to see what was out there and just compare that to what was here in Denver. And I mean, I'm in these facilities around the country yeah. all the time. Yeah. Um, they've had upgrades here. They've made some changes here. Mm -hmm. There are some buildings where you're like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like compared to what's here in Denver. And they came into this ownership, right? Saying we're going to give our players every possible advantage we can. That was the old motto kind of we heard from Pat Bolin. Yeah. But they have the deepest pockets in the league. Yeah. There's no limit on what you can spend on your facility, on your coaching staff, on anybody that works in your building. Yeah. Whether it's nutrition, chefs, anything like you can have a full masseuse team if you'd like yeah. at all times, 24 hours a day. They're showing it right now that they're going to put their money behind what they'd like to have be successful. And they've done a boatload of work on trying to figure out what's the best case of scenario. In the first 15 months of owning the team, they put a $100 million investment into the stadium. Mm -hmm. They've given one of, if not the biggest contracts to a head coach in Sean Payton by paying him tons of money to bring him in. And now they're spending $175 million on this project. Well, so they, they've they, done everything. They also dropped like, what was it, like half a million or 600000 for the final game yep. of the season to redo <laughs> yep. the field. Yep. I mean, that was like, to me, I wrote an article on that on NFL.com. I was like, if that doesn't show you what's to come in Denver, right, right. like for one meaningless game yep. you put a new turf in like they're ready man they're it's, ready to spend and so this is just great news because like you said oh, you great. can spend money the only thing you have to be careful with is a salary cap and even then when you have cash you can uh, manipulate the salary mm -hmm. cap a little bit and it's just clear they're that the broncos have the right owners in place and another thing about this is this is something that typically takes a lot of time yep not for this ownership group. They they didn't waste any time. The They've trigger. done all of this in the first 15 months of owning the team. They're starting construction on this next spring, yep. and it's going to be open by the 2026 season. So wow. the speed at which they're doing this is just wild. So if if you're if you're watching, what's going to happen is the fields are essentially going to stay where they're at. They already have the Pat Bowlen training uh, uh, training center. Uh, or Fieldhouse, sorry. They're going to build the new facility so everything's connected. Because right now it's like mishmash buildings, not everything's connected. In the cold, mm -hmm. you have to walk outside. Now everything's going to be together, and they are still making it where training camp will be there, where fans can be there, where the current yeah. facility is. Because where the fans is. are right there, that's where the current facility it, is. Exactly. Yeah. So fans are going to have plenty of space. So this is only good news with the Broncos. The other part of this, Todd, and I'm curious what your take on this is, I always talk to free agents about why they want to go to certain places. Obviously, money is a driving force. Yep. Location is a monster force with guys. I don't, it's more valuable than some people think. They for just want sure. to play in certain cities, right? Yep. Obviously, taxes play a huge part in it as well. <laughs> you may not play for the Dolphins. No yep. state tax. Yep. Let's go. Yep. Like That's a big part. But the ability, Todd, when you can bring in a free agent on a visit and be like, our building, our facility can extend your career. Yeah. That's a that's a part that that free agents look at, right? Like if if I'm here and the facility that they have can have me play two more years, yep. it, it it weighs into it, doesn't it? Guys like to be well taken care of. I yeah. definitely think we like to be pampered, and we love nice, new, and clean. Um, I've always loved the Broncos facility, but when I went to Minnesota, <laughs> oh, I was like, that place is insane. Yeah. They had just built it, and I was like, oh, is that our stadium? No, that's just a stadium we use for like high school games. <laughs> yeah. Like they have that at the facility, like it's beautiful. So I think that um, was a driving force for me signing there ultimately, and I think it's gonna hopefully bring guys here because that's gonna be bomb. Yeah, and remember the NFLPA did that 
survey this offseason. Yeah, Raiders tested well. Uh, yeah, they in did. In the coaching they, stuff. They tested really well. Um, no, terrible in the coaching stuff. You know who tested <laughs> awful was the Cardinals, and that, like, does impact play. I mean, players had to pay for their, like, lunch and dinner yeah, at craziness. the Cardinals facility and yeah. stuff. It's wild. And so the the or the or the Broncos got, like, a mid-score on everything, I think, is where it kind of boiled down to. And I heard that ownership was just humiliated, embarrassed by it, and said, we're going to change that. And so this is something that players will see and be like, damn, this is nice so there i've seen a lot of people be like man why didn't they expand to someone where there, there's no restrictions i was told that the broncos wanted the best not necessarily the biggest so uh -huh. this is going to be the best facility out there might not be the biggest but they're certainly going to have enough room to do everything they need to and they already have uh the pat bull and field house set up there i mean you're not you're not going to beat the star have you ever been to the star no i mean it's not equating to super bowls for this cowboys but <laughs> the star is incredible yeah it is Unreal. Is that just the entire Dallas facility? It's the yeah. entire facility. There's hotels, restaurants. He's built everything around it. It's it's similar to what's in New England, but their stadium is included in New England, right? Patriot yeah. Place. Mm -hmm. it, their facilities there, and what Robert Kraft has built around it is incredible. And but that's all around the stadium. The star is all of this around their practice facility, mm -hmm. which is nuts. That Jerry is. cares about money more than anything because <laughs> there is. If you go out to those practice fields at the star, there's like a fucking hotel straight up. Yep. And there are the practice fields, right, wow. Todd? Like if any opposing coach or scout wants to be like, I'll take room 212, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can just sit there and watch all of practice. Yeah. Jerry's like, but that hotel, that Jerry's going to make some money. money off them. That'll yeah. get me some money. But they can see all the practice. That's it's great. wild. But that place is, I mean, you're not going to out big that place. But yeah. you're right. This is probably going to have every bell and whistle, modern medicine to player support in yeah. every capacity. Um available to it it doesn't have to be the biggest to have all of those things available right. to your players yeah i remember that uh minnesota had a hotel right next to them as well yeah. like, it was like an omni like a four-star hotel <laughs> and so they put you up they're like oh you yeah. gotta find an apartment i don't want to find an apartment no, I'm cool right <laughs> here. i stay right here yeah this is you, great. you guys are paying for it yep i'll stay here i'm fine exactly. man <laughs> this is cool man i'm, I'm stoked about it me I, too be cool i mean just what, three years from now uh, the Broncos will be in it, will be in it, and uh, just state-of-the-art is what the Broncos are going to have. Von Miller will not be there, though, yep. since the Broncos moved on from him two years ago. I have to ask you guys, is this the biggest reunion that the Broncos have ever had, like playing a former player? Uh, I think in my my era, from what I know, I would say yes. Maybe I, Shannon I Sharp at some time. That's true. That's a good um, point. Super Bowl winner as well. Yeah. Anything... But Wrap now, your brain? I mean, this is... It is so rare. We'll get into it. It is so rare, and Todd witnessed this firsthand being in the locker room, for a defensive player to be not only the face of your franchise, mm -hmm. yeah. but Vaughn was like the face of the entire Rocky Mountain region. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, for a non-quarterback to be that yeah. is, is next-level like stardom. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, I, I don't think there's a comparison to this. This is a first ballot Hall of Famer, mm -hmm. one of the greatest pass rushers in the history of the NFL, one of the biggest personalities we've ever seen come through this city. Check every single box. Yeah. Like, there isn't anything that compares with this. I, Elway didn't go play somewhere else yeah. and come back and play yeah. the Broncos. That's really the only other person I can put in that, that group level, yeah. 100%. with Vaughn. Yeah, 100%. And then on top of all of that, 
he was so loved oh. by Broncos country for all the work he did in the community, yep. for his awesome personality, yep. and then also the way that he loved Broncos country right back. I mean, he was all about Broncos country his entire career, and he still is all about Broncos oh, yeah. country. When he went to the Rams uh, and then went to the Bills, both places, he still talks about the Broncos as we and mm -hmm. us. And it's like, fun. you're doing an interview on Pat McAfee right now, sitting in the Bills facility, and you're talking about the Broncos saying, and, and you're talking about we. Yeah. That, if I was a Bills fan, I'd be losing my mind. But as a yeah. Broncos country, that's like the most enduring thing ever. So I really do think that this is like... That guy, Josh McDaniels, fired. <laughs> yes. I can pull back the curtain if you want me to, but yeah, that's yeah, part no, of the reason I mean, you, got you him can't fired. just say that. Tell us. So there was a huge meeting, airing of grievances, as you will, yeah. in terms to reference Seinfeld, at, like at Festivus, where everybody tells everybody how much they hate each other. But it was really <laughs> Josh just wanted an open dialogue out with everybody. Is he sure he wanted right. that? <laughs> he, he probably doesn't want it now, because what ended up happening was players coaches everybody kind of voiced their issues and then you have antonio pierce who's now the interim head coach say in that meeting you got to have an unbelievable belief in yourself to be successful in this league mm. the year when i was with the giants and we beat the patriots in the super bowl and ended their undefeated season we mm. believed we were going to win that game we knew we were going to win that game we knew we were going to beat the patriots and ruin their undefeated season reportedly afterwards josh went back to him and said how dare you talk about the patriots like that you don't talk about the patriots like that in front of me essentially i'm summarizing it's not word yeah, for word yeah. what josh said to him that got back to mark davis and what do you think happens when your head coach is going don't talk about the patriots like that you're the head coach of the raiders yeah like so that yeah. did not sit well with mark davis at all but that kind of just reminded me saying you can't be saying we when yeah. you're with the new organization oh, yeah. vaughn's getting away with it he's doing a great job of it because and it's loved. fine it's all yeah. love <laughs> but man, but it didn't work for Josh. It didn't work for Josh. Uh, do you know if that had anything to do with Antonio Pierce becoming the next guy? <laughs> I don't know. Well, Antonio Pierce won the press conference. I know that. Yeah. He was born in a Raiders hat, he said. Yeah. And then he won his first game. And whew, I've never seen a locker room like that. Like, seriously. Like, Todd, I'm trying to think. What, what's the vibe after you get a coach fired, essentially? Because the players feel that way. No, no, the players right, yeah. feel like they get a coach fired. That's, right, that's right, right, usually right, the vibe right. in the room. Is like, man, we got this guy fired. Yeah, That was not the vibe in the Raiders locker room. Right. We got this guy fired. Exact opposite. I feel like it's a, it feels freeing. Uh, the only thing I can think about now is like, being enslaved and then finding out you're freed, like that's yeah. how the players feel. That's like, how they felt. It they feel like, like overjoyed. And I felt like even in the locker room, it turned into a player's locker room where guys were giving speeches more so than a head coach had to. Mm -hmm. Like Josh Jacobs was up talking about how we came together and put this win together. Like now this has turned into a players-led team. They were so sick of that coach. And now they feel like they have the ability to kind of take over and run it how they see fit. And then on the flip side, when a team likes the coach that's fired, they act out. Randy Gregory, at the end of the Rams game last year, he said, I, I knew that Hackett was going to be fired, and I was so upset because I liked Nathaniel Hackett so much that, remember what Randy Gregory did? He punched a guy, uh, a, a Rams player, game, af yeah. after the game. Um, and so that's when you really like a coach, yeah. you get so frustrated, and you probably feel like you let that person down, and that you are responsible for firing them. When you don't like the coach, you have cigars in the game after you win. And if you want to have cigars after winning, check out our bet friends over at oh. Bet365. Use the code DNVR365 to get so many cool offers. And over at Bet365, they have a free of first bet safety net of $1,000 in bonus bets or... 
You bet $5 and receive $150 in bonus bets when you sign up using the code DNVR. So check out our friends over at Bet365. Use that code DNVR365 if you want to get in on the action where they have so many different bets. That's what really separates them over at Bet365. So you must be 21 and older, physically located in Colorado. Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, good once help, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, that's 1-800-GAMBLER. And shout out to our friends over at MSU Denver where you can turn your goals into greatness uh, they have courses available online and in person. And actually, spring 2024 applications are open and available. You can start or restart your college education at MSU Denver. The Road Runners. Yeah, yeah. my wife's a road runner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. wife's a road runner. <laughs> yeah, she is. So, <laughs> she is. <laughs> so excellence awaits you at MSU Denver. They have 90-plus majors, or you can create your own. You can find your future, achieve your goals, and an affordable education. Degrees range from business to hospitality, aviation to the arts, education to healthcare. Go check out our friends at MSU Denver at msudenver.edu. One thing the Broncos country knows is how good Vaughn Miller is. We don't need to talk about how good he is. Um, but how scared should the Broncos be of facing Vaughn Miller this week? They should be uh, on alert. I think he's going to definitely come uh, ready to play. Um, he's excited, man. This is his former team. He would have loved to retire a Bronco if it was his choice for sure. Um, but, yeah, when you play your former team, you want to have the best game you've ever had in your entire life. So he's going to come out fire. He's going to be ready to go. Uh-oh, because Vaughn's had some pretty damn good games in his <laughs> career. If he yes. wants to uh, make this number one, Broncos should be really scared. And, uh, James, what do you think? Uh, if Vaughn's rushing from that side that he likes to, and he's going against Mike McGlinchey. I think, and he's played a little bit better of late, mm -hmm. but Mike's biggest issue lately has been, or throughout this season, yeah. has been anybody with a, that can get low mm -hmm. and that can get that corner and get around the edge really below the pad level. Yep. And that is like Vaughn's signature. I mean, mm -hmm. he is arguably the greatest bend in the history of the league in yep. terms of getting around that corner. Yep. I mean, he gets, like, I, I've had, like, and I'm curious what Todd thinks about this too, but I've had like defensive line coaches and pass rush specialists like just tell me like at the size he's at and the strength that he has in his lower body to be able to get like, it's almost defying gravity in a yeah. sense, the way he comes around the corner. It's just, it's just next level. So yeah, they should be terrified <laughs> of that in, in a sense, because that's something that Mike Lynch has struggled with. I'm curious if what's your favorite Von Miller play? Mm. Oh, man, there's been so many. And you're just going to say a Super Bowl play right strip sack. <laughs> like, no, I think it was. Or is there, uh, a, I guess with this, to, let's spin it. Instead of just because everybody at home knows every single Vaughn Miller play because they're all diehard Broncos fans. Like in practice, was there ever a play mm. where you were just like, oh, my God, like that's not fair. Because he used to get pulled out of drills sometimes. Yeah. Because they weren't working because Vaughn was ruining it before they could get going in training camp. Is there anything that stands out your there's mind that we don't things, know? two things. My favorite play one is there's like a a fumble that he takes to the house. We are playing at home. I can't remember the game it is, but I messed up on the play. <laughs> and kind of got kind of got blown up, so he saved me. So that nice. was by, few, by yeah. far one of my favorite plays. And then in practice, it was so funny. Like, he always coached guys up. He was a great uh, coach on the field that we had. But it was so funny, him telling guys things that, like, 
Vaughn, you can do that. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but you can't just ask, you know, the yeah. your backup, like, hey, just bend her on the score. Right, just get right. like, no, that's specific to you. Yep. <laughs> so it was funny guys trying to like say, like, man, like I can't I can't do that, man. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's your thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, What do you mean? Just do it. Just bend. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Just do it. I remember uh I remember Peyton would uh he was asked if he wanted to be a coach or something, and uh, he was like I would be so upset by asking people to do things that mm-hmm. I just knew they couldn't do that I could. It would just it would drive me crazy. Um, but but going back to to Vaughn, you mentioned it in training camp specifically. They'd have to pull Vaughn off the field because mm-hmm. it, the offense would just not be able to function because yeah. he would be in the backfield so quickly. And the relationship between Garrett Bowles and Vaughn Miller was all time. They mm-hmm. they absolutely loved each other. Vaughn helped Garrett as as much as he could. But Vaughn has gone against Garrett thousands of times. Who's that given upper hand to, Todd? An offensive guy or a defensive guy when you both know each other better than anyone else? In this case, it has to be Vaughn because even though you know what I can do, you can't stop what I can do. Mm. Like, Garrett Bowles is getting much better and has gotten better since the last time he's won against Vaughn in practice. But there's just something about his ability to counter any kind of move that Garrett can throw at him. But Garrett did hold his own against Chubb. I feel like he did pretty good against Chubb, yeah. and they had had battles, um, you know, thousands of battles in practice. So, I'm going to give it to Vaughn, but, you know, hopefully Garrett shows up ready to play. When it's like you described it, <laughs> it usually goes to the better player. Right. If you right, both know right. each other, it yeah. usually goes to the better player. Now, I, we are still seeing, like, we have to remember, this is not like peak Vaughn. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, he's coming off of another ACL. Um, we all know the different timelines it takes everybody. We're watching it happen with Javante Williams in terms of, all of us not having the proper patience of a guy getting back to the same explosiveness that they have. That's one of Vaughn's biggest traits, right, is that first step off mm-hmm. the line of scrimmage. A lot of times he's guessing and guesses right, and when he guesses right, <laughs> it's awesome to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, when he guesses wrong, what was that like, Todd? Just look, oh, man, five yards, there we go. Damn. All right, though, man. Yeah. He'll, yeah, he'll yeah, make yeah. up for it. He'll get a nine-yard sack. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's saying that. He's like, I got you. I got you. I'll get another one. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> it was so funny. I remember because Vaughn is like, it's just like paying taxes. You know, if you want to be a great pastor, you got to pay your taxes. And this was when Vance was the coach. And Vaughn said at the press conference, the next day we talked to Vance, and, Vance, and we asked Vance, like, is that just something you expect with a great pass rusher? Sometimes they have those penalties. And Vance goes, absolutely not. Unacceptable. You can't do that. We talked to Vaughn the next week. He's like, yep, nope, I'm going to be paying the taxes, just like uh, everyone, you're going to have these. And it was just something where typically you would never see that. Typically uh-huh. you'd see, like, a player after a coach says, no, we're not going to do that. The player's just like, okay, yep, talk to coach. We're not going to do that. And Vaughn's just like, Nope, I'm a Hall of Famer. I know what I'm doing. We're paying the taxes. No coach is going to say, yeah, I'm totally cool with penalties. <laughs> no head coach is saying, yeah. is saying that. But, yeah, to my point, it's it, Vaughn is still a dominant player. He's still unbelievably intelligent at the position, and his football IQ in terms of as, uh, as a pass rusher is still through the roof. But he's, he's not really right now the player he was even last year. Yeah. I mean, I remember covering him at the beginning of last year in a couple of games. He early on it was like week two or three against the chiefs he like single-handedly closed the door on that game and wanted himself mm-hmm. it was unreal and i was like in arrowhead right it, it, at arrowhead and like because he, he sacked he sacked mahomes and then like came out and batted a pass down and then put mahomes under pressure and he on fourth down or whatever and like he you know threw it away and or couldn't make complete the pass and he won the game for him and i was like yeah. oh this is why the bills got Vaughn Miller, right? They're right there with the Chiefs these last couple of years. Yeah. Vaughn's going to put him a butt, and then obviously the injury happens. But so I don't think he's right now where he was at the 
that point of last year. Yeah. And I think he'd be realistic in saying that. Doesn't mean he's not dominant, <laughs> but I think that's just being realistic where he's at health wise. Well, and, and to be fair, wise. to be fair too, what he missed month, first month, five games of the season, so he's only been back for two or three games mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if he's still on a pitch count. Do you know that, James? Well, they got a lot of guys up front, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, that's the thing in the league right now. Like, I spent this past week talking to a bunch of different coaches about like defensive like philosophies this season, just because scoring is way down, explosive plays are yeah. way down, and really just almost to a man, Todd, it was like D line. Like D line is everything right now. Mm-hmm. Like that is the number one thing where teams are putting their resources, putting their dollars, their draft picks, and if you can rotate and keep guys fresh. Guys like Vaughn would love to have their snaps be limited, in all honesty. Like, go look at that game Sunday between the Eagles and the Cowboys. You barely see BG out there, right? Brandon Graham's barely out there for Philly. What happens on the final drive? The old man at 35 goes out there and gets, like, one and a half sacks and helps wreck the game. Like, that's where I see Vaughn continuing to play. If you have a deep defensive line, you can rotate guys up front and stay constantly fresh. And players like Vaughn, who are not sitting there on first and second down repeatedly anymore, can make big game-changing plays at the age that they're they're at. So I don't know if it's essentially a pitch count. They have a lot of guys. Um, but they'd like to keep him in positions to make game-changing plays. That's the that's the point you have, Von Miller, not yeah. to sit there on first down. Essentially, hundred yeah. percent. I think he uh, they want to keep him fresh, like you're saying. And it reminds me of like when uh, D. Ware was getting a little bit older. Yeah, and his back would bug him a little bit, so he really wouldn't practice during the week. Then come game day, uh, you know, Shaq may take a couple more first, second downs, third downs. Mm-hmm. D. Ware is on the field making plays. Yeah, leaves the sec- leaves the game with a sack and a half. Had a good day. Maybe play like. 40 plays, 35, but that's exactly what we needed him to do. Yep, and and I think it might have been DeMarcus's influence on Vaughn, but I remember um, after DeMarcus left and Vaughn was getting a little, I mean, he was still in his 20s, but he was asked, like, any thought of being, taking a little step back and really being just a third down guy? And he said, it was way too early in his career to be doing this, and Uh he said, no, but, but I do know that that, day will come some point for me and for me to extend my career that's the that's the path i need to go down so i think mm-hmm. he understands that and if he wants to set records of, of sacks that's exactly how he does it and he doesn't have to play every down but to your point james about von not being the the typical von miller he doesn't have any sacks this year now again he missed more games than have actually been played so far so he's not bad but he's still not peak von form right mm-hmm. now no he's not and i listen this defense is not phenomenal right now i mean man they've suffered injuries i mean they went out and got russell douglas obviously because they're having secondary issues losing matt milano is like massive yeah todd would be better at speaking about that than me knowing the position but he is so good yeah like so good and he really made that defense go so like this isn't the group that we've seen flash and like Mm. what I, i was saying the first half of last year their pass rush dropped off dramatically last season after they lost Vaughn. Um, so it's not like a, a, a defense that's going to like, I mean, that's blowing the doors off of people right now. Right. Um, Sean McDermott's still a really good really good defensive mind. But like the injuries that they've lost, they're learning how to play without those guys. And some yeah. of those guys, like it's really hard to replace. And that affects your whole defense. Yeah. yeah. And I, especially Matt Milano, like when I used to watch their film, um, you know, a couple of years ago, they had Edmonds and Milano. Yeah. And so you always thought, like, Edmonds was the star and Milano was, like, his little brother. You know, <laughs> six-foot-four guy. Yeah. With Jazz. He was just the monster out there. And it wasn't until they continued to play that you're like, 
oh, I think Matt's That's actually the guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And then he's in there by himself this year, and he's just making play after play. Like, them losing him is one of the biggest losses, I feel like, in the NFL right now. Mm, that's huge. And let's continue this conversation with our guy, Baldy, after I tell you about our friends over yeah. at Breckenridge Distillery. We've got some Breckenridge whiskey on set right now. You can grab some in all 50 states, and this is great if you need a present for someone for Christmas, the holiday season, if you're going over to Thanksgiving, you want to bring something nice, check out our friends over at Breckenridge Distillery, the official beer uh, or the official distillery of the Denver Broncos, and they're giving away two tickets to the Breckenridge Bourbon Whiskey Suite, which is awesome, for the Chargers New Year's Eve game with the Broncos. How you get in on that, go to BreckenridgeDistillery.com slash bourbon dash of dash Denver dash Broncos to check them out. So if you need any distill any Breckenridge Distillery, check them out at BreckenridgeDistillery.com to find the award-winning Breckenridge spirits. And I know winter is coming, but in Denver, the sun's always out and we're so close to the sun. You got to make sure that you have on good eyewear and you should check mm -hmm. out our friends over at Shady Rays. And the great thing about Shady Rays is they have this like insane protection program to where if you break them or you lose them, um, they'll give you another pair. Yeah. Like you don't have to worry about it. There's no back and forth. You go in there, no questions asked, you get another pair. Right now, they're having 50% off if you use the code DNVR on two or more polarizing shades. So go check out our friends over at Shady Rays. I need to get myself some so I could be stylish, look <laughs> yeah. good, feel good. I don't play anymore, but I could, you know, podcast good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's bring in our guy, Baldy. Baldy, are you uh, sick of James Palmer yet? You just can't escape this guy. Good to see you again, Baldy. I'm Palmer James. Hell no, yeah. man. JP's awesome, man. He's plugged in, does his homework. Yeah. Um, love, uh, love doing television with James. This is going to be uh, two shows in one day, Baldy, and then and on Thursday we're, we're together again. We're, 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 we got that Philly thing going on. We really do. <laughs> we really do, Baldy. I'm not going to lie. Uh, if, yeah. I, if I don't cut off the Philly talk, I know Philly people can just talk about Philly all day. Yeah, it's a big win for the Eagles. <laughs> it was They're on huge, a bye. huge win and huge game coming up for the Broncos. And, and Baldy, something that, that we've been talking about is Von Miller playing the Broncos again. And one of the questions that I that I asked these guys uh, is: Garrett Bowles and Von Miller have gone up against each other thousands of times in training camp and practices. And from an offensive lineman's perspective, like you, who has an advantage in that situation when a, a pass rusher? and an offensive lineman know each other more than anyone in the league? Well, I mean, Vaughn has the advantage. You know, he's just a more talented player, mm, and he's yep. playing at home, where it's just, you know, it's just very different. For Garrett, it's, you know, the noise is a factor. you got to handle the atmosphere. I'm not saying, you know, same thing going to Denver for a lot of players, but you're on the road in Buffalo, and, you know, they're coming off a horrendous defeat. So, like, they're going to be, you know, making as much noise as possible, and now you got – Vaughn reacting in that type of situation. I mean, that's a tough spot for Garrett right now. But look, the fact that you know, just because you're practicing against a guy uh, for a number of years and you feel like you've seen the arsenal of Von Miller moves, you still don't really know what's coming. And I feel like Vaughn, even though he's been back for a couple of weeks, he really hasn't made any kind of Von Miller plays yet. Mm -hmm. And so I, I feel like he feels like he's got to get it started. You know, he like offensively, they struggle week in, week out, depending on who they're playing against. And maybe the defense feels like they need to step up and help the offense out. And I'm sure Vaughn feels that way.
You know, I think Vaughn, uh, he's definitely coming back and getting back to, you know, who he is as a player. Um, but outside of him, there's 10 other guys on that defense. And they haven't been primarily playing well together and have had some injuries. How do the Broncos really take advantage of this defense that's missing some pieces and not playing their best? Well, there's a reason why they traded for Rasul Douglas. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're a zone team, and, you know, their corners had not played well. Uh, Tredavious White, you know, was injured, locked for the season. Uh, you look at Kair Elam, looks like he's a first-round bust at this point. Christian Benford, who was a six-round pick out of Villanova, he's been in and out of the lineup. They need corners to play that style of defense. And then, you know, look, Greg Rousseau is a guy that, you know, drafted high. Um, they need a more consistent effort from him. But I would say, you know, considering they lost Matt Milano, I would say the inside linebackers have played well. Um, yeah. So, you know, they still they, – look, they do what they do. They're two safeties, Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde. Um, they're not going to let the ball go over their head. Like, the deep shots just aren't going to be there. Everything will be in front of them. That is that is pretty much a guarantee in that style of defense. Well, I want to go to the other side of the ball because this has fascinated me this year, what we've seen out of this Bills offense. It's, it's, it's like – Stephon Diggs is playing well. He's getting his. Josh Allen is playing well. Dalton Kincaid of late when they lost Austin Knox has, has done well the last couple of weeks. The offensive line has protected, but at the same time, the offense hasn't been consistently good. It was wild after this past game where, you know, Sean McDermott's asked it, Josh Allen's asked it, and they don't really have something to put their finger on about what's wrong with this offense. What do you, you know, see when you look at the film, Baldy? Well, when I watched last week's game against Cincinnati, honestly, James, I thought it was Groundhog Day from the playoff loss to Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. Like, they just got whipped up front. They couldn't pass stunts up front. Josh Allen is running for his life. Uh, he can't set his feet and throw balls on timing. And so then you just – you get literally Josh Allen just running around, you know, yeah. trying to find open receivers. And he does that at times. Uh, the week before, he hit Dalton Kincaid on that kind of a play for a touchdown. It looked nice. But – um, against good defenses like Cincinnati and the, you know, the, these defenses that you're going to see in the playoffs in the AFC yep. are real. I mean, you look, I saw Baltimore last week, Whew. Cleveland, Cincinnati, Kansas City. Like these defenses don't have weaknesses, James. Mm -hmm. And so if you're getting broken down up front and you're like, okay, we'll just get it to Diggs. Okay. Well, they got an answer for it. And so against poor teams and teams that don't defend the way some of the elite teams do in this league, which are dictating all these outcomes where Detroit goes to Baltimore and they get just get trounced. Seattle goes to Baltimore. They just get trounced. You know, Cincinnati goes to San Francisco. They just trounce them. Like when you go up against the half a dozen elite defenses right now, you better be productive and fundamentally sound offensively. And Baldy, that leads me to, yeah, there's a lot of questions surrounding how, how do you combat that when you do have the talent that we're talking about the bills have on offense, right? Like, is that on Ken Dorsey? Is that on, I mean, Josh Allen's essentially become their run game. It's spread it out. Josh is the run game, right? Is, is there something, though, during the week that needs to change, you know, in terms of combating some of these problems for this Bills offense? Well, you know, they went and got Connor McGovern in free agency. They went and drafted Osiris Torrance, you know, at guard. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are a lot of, you know, expensive pieces that they plugged in. A lot of, uh, uh, you know, a lot of chips pushed to upgrade the offensive line, yet – Cincinnati tore them apart. And it's not every play. It's just one guy gets beat and Josh Allen is out there. I'm yep. like, I know Tom Brady criticized Josh Allen. I think last week, James about yeah. taking <laughs> off. You got to protect yourself. Well, 
Like, if he doesn't do that, their offense doesn't have a chance. Doesn't go. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And even if they're playing, even if James Cook is running the ball well, and, you know, they just, you know, obviously just picked up a big Lenny. Like, they're trying to get a better power running game up front, you know. And so to kind of combat that, so Josh doesn't have to run for it on third down and fourth down to get these first downs. So you can see the reason for that move. We'll see what happens. But they need better balance in their offense. And yeah. it, just, it, it just doesn't exist some weeks. Not every week, but some yeah. weeks it, when it doesn't exist, they put up 10 points. That's fascinating. And so, Baldy, you talk about how these really good defenses cause the Bills' offense fits. Do the Broncos have that caliber of defense, or has it just been too hit or miss so far that, that you're not comfortable saying that yet? I wouldn't put them in that category. Look, all the numbers are skewered because of the Miami game yep. and what happened in the year. Like, that's not that defense anymore. So you can't really look at those numbers. You got to look in the last three weeks, two games against Kansas City, you know, like they played very well. So I, I kind of feel like, you know, they found their pass rushers. They have their change-ups that they like to do with linebackers and what they do with Benito and some of the change-ups that they have. Like, I'm sure Benito will do some of the similar things that he did to Patrick uh, Mahomes that he'll do against, you know, Josh Allen. We'll, we'll see how that goes. We'll see what they design. But I, I wouldn't put them in the category of Baltimore. Baltimore yeah. leads this league in sacks. Geno Stone <laughs> leads in interceptions. Like, I wouldn't put them – they don't have a Miles Garrett in Cleveland. They don't have the variety and the players that Kansas City have to do all the different things Kansas City does. So, I wouldn't put them in, in those – you know, in the elite category yet. But I would say they're climbing into that second level right now mm. with a chance to get better because they look like their communication is a lot better. They're playing faster. They're attacking the line of scrimmage. The pass rush is getting home. So – I feel, and they're making plays in the back end. So I feel like they're getting better, but I wouldn't put them in that elite category right now. You know, this team and the city has been really riding high since that Kansas City win. Uh, I felt like the team played really great. Guys in the locker room are talking about playoffs and Super Bowls <laughs> now. Uh, when you look at the back half of their roster and you got the Patriots, the Vikings with a new quarterback, the Chargers twice who really haven't found their footing as a team. If the Broncos are able to beat the Bills, is the sky really the limit for the team? Don't play that game. <laughs> like, I know it's fun. It's fun. We're like, we're all fans. It's fun. And and I understand all of it. But, man, I hope the players aren't doing that. Like, I, I it, it's you've got two in a row. You've got the biggest win they've had. Um, that's what Sean Payton was here to do to turn this thing around. Um, always, the, the division games – they count double. So, you know, you want to you want to win. You want to think about the playoffs, win division games. So they beat Kansas City. All right. Beat the Chargers. But it all starts like if they. So here's the deal. Like Buffalo is a quality team and you go into Buffalo and you win on Sunday. That's the best plane ride all year coming mm. home. Oh, from yeah. Back, from Buffalo back to Denver, the card games, the action, yeah. like the fun, <laughs> the, like it's just that's camaraderie. Like that, everybody that knows when you win big games on the road, there's nothing more fun that unites a team. And then you can start thinking like that. Yeah, let's 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 get after Justin Herbert the way we got Josh Allen and Mahomes. So, you know that's okay. You, that's it. You know you're allowed 24 hours, right? Well, that'd be a good 24 hours right there <laughs> on, on that plane ride home. Baldy, I want to mention one player specifically. We were going to head over to the corner store on the NFL Report Mondays and Thursdays, uh, <laughs> catch it on a podcast or on the NFL Fast Channel. And we were going to talk corners, but we ran out of time. 
Jaquan McMillan, you wanted to talk about him. What what do you like about his game right now? I know you wanted to talk about it with us, so now get a chance to talk about it here with everybody in Denver. Well, you know, he's been their nickel corner, I think, for the last three weeks. Maybe it's four, James. But, you know, everybody needs that position. Everybody's got to find that guy. And you can't just take outside guys and put them inside. You can't say, okay, Patrick Sertan, you go inside and play. It's a separate position because of how physical it is. The run, you know, the runs get you attacked. Um, if you this weekend, you're going to see a great nickel corner in Taron Johnson, number mm-hmm. seven for Buffalo. Like he's born to play that position. You put him outside, like he's not corner. He's not an outside corner. But like Kenny Moore is that guy in Indianapolis. Like you need to find that guy in your defense. And it doesn't matter if he's drafted, undrafted, free. Like you need that guy. And I feel like Jaquan is growing. Like he accepts his role. Um, most teams are three wide receiver or four in this league. And so you're on the field a lot. And, you know, that interception of Mahomes last week was an elite play. You know, that's mm-hmm. one that you literally make sure the ball boy protects. More importantly, that you're taking that one home. You're putting that up in your trophy case. Oh, yeah. You know, you take one from Mahomes. So I feel like that's, it, it, you know, anybody watching the Denver Broncos right now, that's a guy that you should keep your eyes on because I feel like, you know, they found – Fabian Moreau, like he did the same thing last year with the Giants. Like he can still, he can play and he's serviceable outside, you know, and obviously Sertan is Sertan, but like that's a position of need for every defense, James. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I was gonna, I was just gonna say when when during the bye week I had a chance to talk to some guys on that side of the ball, Baldy, and they just said like they they use the term that we all know right that that's the biggest compliment out there. They're like he's he's just a football player and he's mm-hmm. been that way since you watch him in high school. Like you watch his high school tape. He's just okay. a guy that knows how to make plays and knows how to play the game. Like, and you need those players specifically in those positions that you're talking about, like nickel. And Baldy, my last one for you, kind of taking a step back, looking at the division. We know the Chiefs are the class of the AFC West, especially after this past week. Um, but then you look around, and the Raiders just had a dominant win. Well, but was that because it they was the, the Giants? Exactly because that was at the Giants, <laughs> and also yeah, teams get that boost after firing their coach. That with that first that first game after get a boost. We see uh, the Chargers come out yesterday, and they looked good. I guess I mean good, much better than the Jets did. Um, are the Broncos kind of neck and neck with those other two teams, or is there a, a separation one way or another with, with the Broncos and those other two? Well, I mean, you know, look, the Jets are one of those defenses that's in the upper echelon. And so oh, yeah. you know, the Chargers go there, and they looked awful yeah. for the most part. You know, and if it wasn't for their defense, they probably wouldn't have won that game. So that's that's what this league is right now. There's six or eight unbelievable defenses that are just hard to penetrate. That being said, you just got to win games in your division. That's how you're going to find out. You know, uh, the Raiders got a bounce this week. We'll see how long the bounce lasts. Um, you're playing a, you know, a freshman quarterback and Aiden O'Connell didn't make a mistake last week, but they didn't ask him to do a lot last week. And the Giants are just dysfunctional. So, you know, you, you kind of, you, 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 maybe you smoke cigars after it and you celebrate, <laughs> you know, new head coach. All right. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how that lasts. The, the Chargers, the one thing I say about the Chargers, when you do put Khalil Mack, Bosa, and Tui Pelotu and Morgan Fox on your defensive line, Tui Pelotu, you got a chance. You got a chance to really affect games and affect quarterbacks, and that can be an elite group. They haven't played a whole lot of snaps altogether because of injuries, but 
Tui Peloto is a very good player. Oh yeah. So they've got a they got a four man front right now that that can really get after and, and affect quarterbacks. So I feel like the Chargers they have weaknesses. Um, they're kind of bunched up with a bunch of teams that are 500, and so we'll see who can come out of this. But anybody can come out of this. It's second half of the season determines who plays in January. There you yep. go. So you're telling me there's a chance for the Broncos. Good. We'll take it. And Baldy, go enjoy a cigar after smoking this interview. We appreciate cool. you jumping on with us. Right. Wow. <laughs> yeah. day for me, but I might have one later tonight. That's possible. There we go. Beautiful. I love it. Beautiful. I love it. Thanks so much, Baldy. See you Thursday, okay. Baldy. See you, see you, James. Take care, guys. Yep. See you. Man, we should uh, celebrate with some primo hoagies after oh, that. Are one. they here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you smell it? Oh my You'd God. be able to smell those. I would be oh, able to smell. So somebody good. in there, somebody in there, put a little smiley face in the comments <laughs> and said, "But I'm not having a bro- broccoli rob sandwich." Fine. And guess what? When I had that sandwich after the podcast was done yeah. a couple of weeks ago, what was the universal reaction by everybody who got one? Amazing. Their minds were blown, yeah. completely yeah. blown. And I'm not even getting paid to say any of this stuff <laughs> yeah. by Primos. But anybody who got that sandwich, their mind exploded. And and people that are saying, like, broccoli on a sandwich? I don't know. I was skeptical when I it's heard incredible. that it was broccoli on a sandwich. Like, a, a hot hoagie sandwich, amazing. It's I mean, incredible. I might just get a sandwich just with that in it. That's how good it looks. So <sighs> Yeah, let's not go crazy. You might have <laughs> some meat and cheese. Pork okay. Well. okay, fair, <laughs> fair. Uh, and so check them out over at Primo Hoagies. they got two locations uh, in the Denver metro area. So check them out. If you want a, a, a platter for your parties, they've got mm. that as well. If you want to cater, so go to primohoagies.com. It's not just a prim- or it's not just a hoagie. It's a primo. And if you've been hurt or seriously injured, check out our friends. Call them for a consultation. Baggins and Shanker, you know, smash the two, 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 two. They're here to help. And the great thing about them is they're completely free until they win money for your case. And they've won over a billion dollars for their clients. So they have offices all over Denver, uh, including Aurora, Inglewood, Fort Collins. If you need help or you are in an accident where you weren't at fault, I think that's key. You weren't at fault. It wasn't your fault. Uh, Car accidents, motorcycles, rides, tears, pedestrians, trucks. Call them. Set up a consultation, smash a two, 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 two. Man, I, we, we come into shows wanting to talk about a couple of things, and then uh, we get through, like, one thing. And I wanted to ask you as a question before we had Baldy on, and we weren't able to get to it, but I'm happy we have some time right now because I want to look back two years ago when the Broncos traded Von Miller. Um, after they won a game, they traded Von Miller to the Rams for a second and a third-round pick. We know Vaughn goes out dominant in the playoffs, wins a Super Bowl, wins his other, another Super Bowl uh, with the Rams. Did the Broncos, two years later, hindsight absolutely being 2020, did the Broncos make the right decision to move on from Vaughn? I think that was maybe, besides offensive line, was the number one area we were lacking in for the last two years was pass rush. Mm. We didn't have guys that can really put it together, even though Baron Browning was coming on, he was young, hadn't put it together yet. We didn't have a dominant pass rusher. Um, or, you know, rush to be feared. So I think they did make the wrong mistake mm. in trading uh, Vaughn away because we, were, we missed his presence for a good, a good amount of time. Mm. There's no doubt that they, they certainly missed his presence. I'm going to take the opposite approach and not just say that it was the right decision, but I think they probably should have made it even earlier mm. to get, you know, first or two firsts back for him. And it's only a compliment to Vaughn Miller just because of how good he is but I think with, with pass rushes, especially just where the Broncos were, they tricked themselves thinking that they could win with the dominant defense year in and year out for like seven years. You can win with the dominant defense. The Broncos don't, you guys don't win the Super Bowl without that defense in 2015. But you, you have to have more resources on the offensive side of the ball in order to get there. Mm-hmm. Then you need that defense to take you over the top. And when is Von Miller proven 
He's the best. It's in clutch moments. It's at the end of games when the Broncos are winning to close out games, and it's in the playoffs. Clutch. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Broncos just didn't have that team where they could fully utilize Vaughn in terms of closing out games when they're up. No, they had to make those game-winning drives on offense because they never had the lead, really. Um, and, and even though the defense was good, so I think that it was the right move to move on from him. I think if you want to get into where it might have been a mistake, instead of paying Randy Gregory $14 million to come be with the Broncos, Von Miller was a free agent then too. Mm -hmm. Pay him $20 million instead, spend that extra $6 million to bring Von in, and I think that would have been uh, the move where maybe the Broncos went the, the wrong direction. So you're saying that Von got traded because the organization made bad choices on coaches, players, yeah. Different, yeah. different picks. Yeah. So I mean, ultimately just, was on... Oh, wait, this is nothing against Vaughn. Yeah, it's yeah. just they weren't able to fully utilize him. And then we see him go with the team that can utilize him, and he wins the Super Bowl that year sure and, and is dominant in it. If I'm remembering this correctly, the plan was you move on from Vaughn because you can't pay him and Bradley Chubb. Mm. Right? Right. That was the philosophy. It was, we have a fifth overall pick in Bradley Chubb, who the organization thought the world of and yeah. thought he brought everything to the position from power to speed, and we're going to get younger, mm -hmm. and we're going to have Chubb essentially fill Vaughn's role. Sadly, we never really saw them play a whole lot together, <laughs> no. which was like so bizarre to see. Like yeah. Every year it was like, we're going to see Bradley Chubb and Vaughn Miller together, yeah. and then yeah. one of them would get hurt, yeah. and then you wouldn't see it together. But like that was the succession plan yeah. because you couldn't pay both of them. So you were going to get draft capital back for Vaughn, get younger at your star pass, pass rusher position, and then a litany of things have happened after that to where now you've moved on from Bradley Chubb as well. Mm -hmm. um, and you've had all these other moves that have cost you picks and done new things. So, like, I think, honestly, like, I, I mean, the Rams definitely won from it because it helped them win a Super Bowl. Yeah. They were not just going to ship Vaughn out anywhere. Right. I mean, that is like, like, that was told to me repeatedly. Like, if, if we weren't going to send him to a place that he had a chance to win and a place that he wanted to go to, we weren't going to do the trade. And I know some people say that's, like, insane, like, to let a player have that amount of, like, or the thought about the player's well-being in the trade. Right. But you have to remember, like, how rare of a player he is. We started this whole thing off with his stance in this organization yep. and, and where it is. That's not a thing that happens very often. And so that was part of the trade. Um, but that was the plan at the time. And you have to turn it over at some point every so often yeah um and then there was the talk when remember when vaughn was going to maybe come back here after yeah. Yeah. the rams oh he was getting broncos country hype on uh, social media oh, it wasn't even close <laughs> <laughs> like it wasn't even close yeah. yeah the numbers were like nowhere near each other right. and what denver wanted to pay and what vaughn was looking for and then we saw that remember it was like when the randy gregory trade happened or signing happened everybody's like well that's what we could have got vaughn for and then like it was like the next day or whatever it was, the Vaughn trade came, the Vaughn signing came through. And was like, yep. okay, never mind. We weren't gonna. What was get it? Vaughn got like seventy million guaranteed, mm -hmm. yeah. and Gregory got twenty-eight million yeah, guaranteed. It was like, wasn't even close. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I thought that was the plan, and just like it's another example of the variety of things that haven't gone exactly as planned. Yeah. Since that trade.
What's wild, a, a couple of things surrounding this. For, I, I think it was a win-win-win for everyone involved. For Vaughn, although he didn't want to leave the Broncos, he wanted to retire a Bronco, mm-hmm. he then got to go win another Super Bowl and then still get a massive payday after that. It was a win for the Rams, obviously a win for the Broncos. But I was thinking about this this morning. The Rams paid a second and a third round pick for a half-year rental of mm-hmm. Vaughn Miller. Mm-hmm. That shows how good Vaughn is. It's not like they re-signed him after, and then yeah. it was only a second and third. A second and a third round pick for a half year rental is wild. That's when you're playing with big money. Man. Yes, exactly. I they mean, only that, that's have, when you're going all in. That's not Vaughn's fault. They only have $74 million in dead money this year. Oh my uh, gosh. Just a little bit. Uh, so <laughs> I think things are falling apart in, in, uh, with the Rams right now. But that's what you sometimes do. Moves like that, signings like, they, they've, like they've done. You, you see this happen with organizations after they go all in to win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And, but you won the Super Bowl. Right. Like, yeah. I don't think Tampa's taking anything back from where they're at now and the amount of money that they have pushed down the line mm-hmm. to try to win a Super Bowl, and they did with Tom Brady in that yeah. window. Then you go and look at a team like, like New Orleans. Remember, like, they kept trying to win, was it 06 that Sean and, yep. and Breeze won? And then they just oh not and then they just kept pushing money down the line with Drew Brees, just (laughs) really catapulting the organization into failure in any capacity with all the dead money that was piling up. This happens with teams. You just keep doing anything you can. Some organizations think that way. Mm -hmm. Not every organization in the league thinks that way. We'll do whatever we can because this is our window right now. Yeah. And the Rams capitalized off it and got one out of it. Another another incredible thing about Vaughn. He signed the richest contract in defensive history. Mm-hmm. He had that. that for two full years before Aaron Donald finally took him over. Typically, when a guy becomes the highest-paid player on one side of the ball, that's like reset in a month. I mean, we saw it with the quarterback position like four times yeah. mm-hmm. this offseason. So not only did he hold that for two years, he then played the entire contract through. I mean, Todd... You see it all the time. Yeah. A contract is good for the guaranteed money, and, and so, then but... teams either cut you, like the Broncos did with you. That happens like 99% of the time. Or yeah. they say, hey, no more guaranteed money. You want to take a pay cut? Exactly. And then the players are either like, oh, fine, I'm not going to get paid more. Or they're like, F you. Let me go. Let me go somewhere else. I mean, that is just insane that he signed that big of a deal, and he played the entire contract. Yeah, that never happens. Um, <laughs> yeah, you never know, happens. it happened for me. <laughs> Just the uh, nature of the business. Uh, but that means a lot. I mean, I think for the organization, they definitely took care of him. I mean, I wouldn't say they just threw him to the wolves uh, after he played and won a Super Bowl for us. But um, he's definitely got paid. He's made a lot of money. <laughs> I, I, don't know, I don't know a guy who had more leverage going into a negotiation on the defensive side of the ball than Vaughn did. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, you're coming off of a Super Bowl MVP. How often do they give the MVP not to the winning quarterback? Like, yeah. It doesn't happen very often. But to be a defensive player, to win Super Bowl MVP, as we started, to be the most popular person <laughs> in Denver, yep. like in this entire region, yep. no other sports team was really doing much right. at all. And he won the MVP. Sorry to cut you no, off. No, he no. won the MVP. Versus Peyton Manning as the quarterback. <laughs> as the quarterback. And everybody knew that was yeah. his last game. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, before, I think before the, the game even happened, like, Peyton Manning was the MVP. Yeah, yeah, and, like, yeah. he had to go out there and, like, change everybody's mind. Yeah, exactly. And then Peyton rides off. He has a, you know, retires. Now it's not even a question, Vaughn's the face of the franchise. Mm-hmm. And the reigning Super Bowl MVP. Ask about it. It's tattooed on his calf. <laughs> on his uh, thigh right here. And so, like... The amount of leverage he had in that negotiation, plus, 
I will say this, and some players don't understand it. He played the game so well. He did every interview. Mm -hmm. He was mm -hmm. everywhere in the community. I'm not saying he faked the community stuff. Yeah. He's tremendous yeah. in the community. That was just him with Vaughn's vision and things like that. But he knew how to get the public perception on his side in yeah. Bronco country. He was loved, still is loved, yeah. but he never turned an interview down. He was everywhere. He used his personality to his advantage. His leverage was through the roof yep. for yeah. that negotiation. It was awesome from his side of things. And what, he's 26 years old too? Oh I mean, God. like prime, but just the start of your prime. And plus you just showed it yep. that you're entering your prime yeah. right there. And then plus, once Peyton left, well, everything was going to be about the defense. Then yeah, that was the team's path to success was the defense. Yeah. So you can't let the best player, not only on the team, but on that side that you're going to win go. No. Oh, he just sat there and was like, just let me know when the number gets to yep. where we need it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think it always works out better for guys that show up every day and are in the building. If you're having negotiations and you're sitting out, I think it rarely works out. Mm. Or you end up getting less money than you want anyway. I think being in the building, showing your face, like you said, doing all the interviews, um, we're playing a game. We yeah. gotta play the game. Do man. you do you remember that day? Which one? That the contract got signed? No. Oh, I was wondering Can't if all you guys like <laughs> forced him into spending a boatload of money on all. He was already right. spending a boatload. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, and uh, just thinking about how he spent that off season too. I mean, he was just he was the king of the world. He was everywhere. He 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 was everywhere. And man, it's going to be interesting. Broncos playing him this mm -hmm. week. I can't wait to to continue to break this down and before we get out of here, let's get to some super chats. Yeah, here I know we had at least a couple rolling. We've got one coming in from our friend Vegas702 says, "Do you lease or own the Benz?" <laughs> Talking to you. Talking, talking to me? Ta talking to you, Zach. Talking about me. Yeah. About the the Benz. Don't you drive a Benz? The Mercedes mm -hmm. Benz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course he's talking to me. That's why I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm not quite sure he's talking to me, Todd. <laughs> well, we own. We own. We own. <laughs> there you go. What a weird question also. Very weird. Very weird. <laughs> Next one coming in from... Uh, that's why I was like, am I not I understanding this? like he's this? sitting outside or something. <laughs> right, like, yeah, yeah. No, he's actually in the Benz right now. Do you have the insurance for, for what, what I'm about <laughs> right, to do yeah. to your car? <laughs> Je J-Day says, Tremont Smith been balling on special teams, not talked about enough. Yeah, he absolutely has been. And there's been a few players that the Broncos brought in this offseason to make their special teams better, and they've really lived up to it. That has worked. Remember, that was a big part of this offseason, talking about you know everything that they were going to do with special teams. It was a part that like Sean Payton was just livid about, yep. uh, what went down the past season, and yeah. then who they brought in, the minds that they brought in. That, that has been a really good bright spot over the last several weeks, yeah. the way they've played in all phases, actually, yeah. with special teams. Yeah, it's it's so true. Kick return, uh, that really everything but punting. And punting, it's really come down to, to Riley Dixon, mm -hmm. just not being, because the, the coverage has been there. And final one says from Nick says, is Von Rake number two all-time Bronco behind John Elway? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's, I, honestly, I like do not think it's debatable. What about Terrell Davis? Super Bowl MVP, just like Vaughn. One of the Super Bowls. Um, a lot of Hall people of think Famer. he might be yep, Hall of Famer. A lot of people think he might be, uh, you know, what put the team over the top with, with John. No. No. I still think Vaughn. Honestly, yeah. I do. Yeah. I, I think it's, yeah, I'd probably put him too as well. Yeah. Because you could say, I mean, you could say Vaughn played with Peyton too. And right. like Terrell played with John right. um, in that sense. But I, I don't think... And I love TD. I mean, great buddy, like awesome. Like, 
I think if you look at careers, Vaughn's career is a better career than Terrell Davis's career. Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah. Vaughn's a first ballot Hall of Fame. TD yeah. getting, getting on the first ballot. Yeah. Took TD a minute to get in. So now, then, the length of career hurt Terrell right. Davis, uh-huh. right? The injuries and then so that he, didn't, he wasn't dominant for as long uh, as they'd like for the, for the Hall of Fame. Right. Vaughn's been dominant his entire career. Yeah. Like, his career's better. I, I, yeah, I'd say Vaughn is number two behind John, which is, I mean, and, and Elway's like, I mean, Super Bowls is an executive yeah. <laughs> player. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. it's just kind of untouched air. Maybe, I don't know. Vaughn's not done. He always said he wants to be a GM. He's been shadowing Brandon Bean <laughs> in Buffalo. <laughs> he hangs out with Brandon Bean a lot. He tries to see what the, what the GMs are doing. Maybe Vaughn comes back to Denver and becomes a GM someday. Two more guys to throw in the mix. That would be wild. Two um, more guys to throw in the mix um, would be first ballot Hall of Famers um, of Champ Bailey. First ballot Hall of Famer. I, I still wouldn't put him above Vaughn. I mean, you mm-hmm. just look at the success. Now, a corner, are you really going to be able to be the Super Bowl MVP and be able People to drive your team? People probably say that before Super Bowl 50. Yeah. It's, it's pass rusher isn't going to win that's MVP. a good point. Um, and then the other person would be Peyton that people would put in this list. Only playing four years, I think it just makes it almost impossible to mm-hmm. jump Vaughn there. But I think, I think those are the guys that need to be mentioned in there. Oh, big yeah. time, for sure. But that just shows you where Vaughn is at. Yep. I mean... Like I said, like face of the franchise as a defensive player is hard. Yeah, it's nuts. Face of a region as a defensive player is even harder. Yep, yep. It's, and that's that's why first time in two years since Von left, the Broncos are going to be playing against Von Miller. It's going to be fun Monday night. We're going to continue to break this down and stay tuned to tomorrow. We're going live at noon. Pat Sertan, join the show. Ooh. So stay tuned. It's going to be a fun one. We will see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for rolling with us. Love it. Flying cotton would stick to you